Welcome back to the jointhetrades.com interview series where we talk to tradespeople and learn more about successful career paths straight from the source. Today, my guest is Jerry Scamuffa, a concrete finisher and stonemason with 31 years of experience in the trade. Jerry, how'd you get started? I was working uh, at a golf course when I was younger and I met a guy who was a mason, took an interest in me because I was there every day working and he little by little would take me out, show me the how to, you know, cut stone, shape stone, how to build walls. Um, now I was working for free for him, but that's what an apprenticeship is. And um, that's how I got started. And then I left there and I got it. Um, I got into a local union, a concrete finishers union. And um, I had enough experience that I was able to pretty much join right in without doing a full apprenticeship. And uh, that's pretty much how I got my start in the industry. Okay. So you started with, you kind of lucked into a mentor a little bit there at the beginning, huh? I, I really did. Um, he was hard on me, though. He, he wasn't easy on me. I mean, if I, he really, really made me work for that, um, for everything I got. Like, he would come up and kick the wall over if it wasn't right, if he didn't like the way it looked. I did not like him in the beginning, yeah. but he became a trusted friend. Cool, man. Well, he uh, he taught you some lessons along the way then, huh? Definitely did. Okay, so talk us back through that. So you finish with him, and does he suggest that you that you check the union out, or how does that work? He, he had gotten a little bit older, and he had introduced me to some contractors while I was kind of working with him. I was still at a golf course. That was my full-time job. Um, but then it came a point at the golf course where it was like, go to school to do be a golf course superintendent or find another job there. I was through all those things that I was doing. And, um, so I'd gone to work for a couple contractors doing brick pointing, stone pointing, all that. And there was concrete finishers working on a job. And I was like, man, that looks really cool. I want to try that out. Same thing as I wanted to try to drive the machines. I wanted to try and drop, you know, do yeah. all the other stuff associated with being a mason and a concrete finisher. But um, and once again, I started talking to a guy who was finishing concrete. And if he was on this job site doing sidewalk blocks, he'd be like, here, grab this trail, do this. You know, and then when I was done work, I'd go help him. I'd stand there, talk to him, find out what the tools were. Um, and then I really, really liked it. So I um, started doing research and I found a local union and I put my name in and it took them two years to get back to me. Wow. So they got back to me and they were like, do you have any experience? And I said, well, I have a little bit of experience. I had guys show me I have more masonry experience with stone and brick and setting block and all that. So they said, why don't you come down to our local union hall, which is a Philadelphia union. And, um, you know, we'll have you do a test and we'll see what you know. So I went, I did the test and they put me in the union. It was called at the time a B mechanic. It wasn't, you didn't have to do a full apprenticeship, which was three years, but you weren't a full fledged journeyman. So you had to work, you had to get your hours. Um, a union, unions aren't as easy. Some unions aren't as easy to get in. Like you have to be known there's legacies in unions where, brothers and uncles and cousins. I went in not knowing anybody. So I had to build a, a network of P 
people who use me. And the only way they use you is if you show up on time, you do good work and you, you know, do what you say you're going to do. Right. Yeah. Now, have unions changed since that time? Have you noticed a significant change or is there still kind of a gatekeeper sense to it? Or I, th I think with the advent of social media and there being in the last 10 years, so much work out there, so much trades work, buildings being built. I mean, look at Amazon, 2 million square foot facilities. Yeah. That's a lot of concrete. That's a lot of block work. That's a lot of tradespeople working full time. Not that's a commercial end. The the stamp concrete is out there for residential, regular concrete, patios, sidewalk blocks. Like there's so much work out there for a tradesperson. You you have to not want it. Yeah. Yeah, that's an interesting point you bring up. Um, I'm glad you designate the difference. So there's obviously commercial work and there's residential work. Um, right. And do you work in both fields? So I, I'm no longer in the union. Um, I got out around 2004 because I wanted to start my own company. Um, and, and that's what I did. I, I went out on my own in 2004 and I started a concrete and masonry company. Um but still with my union background, I still have a lot of friends to this day that are still in the union that I call on when I cannot figure something out or if I have a special project, I have friends I can call that'll help me figure it out. Cool. Cool, and is, do you have a preference when, as far as working commercial or residential? Is there, what are the differences? Um, commercial, it's bigger work. Um, okay. it's, it's a, it's a, most of the time it's longer sustained projects. Typically, if you're in a union, you're doing commercial work. That can be anything that could be banks, that can be bridges, stadiums, highways for like when I was in the union, I was part of projects at Lincoln financial field. I'm outside Philadelphia citizens bank park. Um, the Kimmel Center, which is a huge music venue. Um, I worked on a few projects, Heavy Highway, which was uh, Route 202, Route 422, pouring the concrete that you drive on. So for commercial, that's the stuff. Big warehouses, Home Depots, Amazon wow. Fulfillment Centers, uh, cell phone towers, tank pads at refineries for concrete. Residential, you're more garage foundations, garage floors, patios, sidewalk blocks, brick pointing, stone pointing. So there's, it's different stuff, but it's all in the same. Concrete's concrete is what they say, but there's so many stamp concrete, regular concrete, raise, uh, expose aggregate. There's a lot of concrete out there. All right. And what is, what is brick pointing and stone pointing? So brick pointing and stone pointing is what is in between the bricks. It's okay. the mortar in, that holds the brick and stone together. So in residential, that starts to deteriorate. Um, and then you can, you know, go through and you grind out all the old. Now they make HEPA vacuums where it captures all that dust. Like silica is a big thing in our industry. Um, capturing all the dust that comes from that, full respirators, 
HEPA filters, um, all that. So, and then you grind it out and then you put it back in basically is all that okay. is. Well, uh, now that we've covered unions, this might be a good time to ask if, if you know where Jimmy Hoffa is. <laughs> no. <laughs> no idea, huh? <laughs> well, hey, so give us an idea of, of what an average day is like for you. Now or when I was in the union? Well, you know what? Let's start, let's start when you were in the younger stages, the more beginning stages, and then we'll move on to kind of now that you have your own company. Back then, you used to have to call into the hall to see where you were going if you were jumping out of the hall. There are guys that are, are um, locked in with companies that they only work for one company or if they stay on a project. Like if you're on a refinery job, you might go work for ABC Concrete and you stay there for as long as that project was going on. When that project's over or they start the work starts to get lighter, they lay guys off. It's just part of the business. Um, so you would just pretty much go into work. You'd show up, tell them who you are, and they start pouring concrete, and you're there to finish it. And there's all different parts of it. You're either on – if you're doing a big floor, you might be on a straight edge. If you have a little bit more experience, after the straight edge, you have to put a bull float on it to make it flat. You know, knocks down all the stones, brings the cream to the top. You know, if you're if you don't have any experience, they might say, "Okay, go back." You start hitting edges. A guy with more experience might jump on a machine. Um, if you're doing sidewalk, same thing. You go back. You know, with concrete is different from a lot of the other trades. You take lunch when the concrete's done. There's no like, oh, I'm taking a break. The concrete gets hard and you can't finish it. That contractor right. loses a lot of money. Sure. Um, there's, there's concrete trucks on job sites. There's pumps. There's it's a lot of moving pieces. And before any of any of that gets done, the iron workers are in there setting the steel. You got rebar guys. You got people tying wire. Like there's so many moving parts to a job site. That's probably one of the biggest things with a union. It's trade specific. So as a residential guy, especially with my own company. We go in and start the job. It's a blank canvas. I dig it. I stone it. I form it. I put the rebar in. I pour the concrete. I finish the concrete. I clean up. I backfill. I seed. And I'm out. I get paid, right? With a union job, giant contractor has the job. And then there's all little contractors. There is a site guy. There's a excavator who's a whole separate company. There's a company that just delivers a stone, a company just delivers, and they're all different unions. Truck drivers are teamsters or operators. There's, oh God, there's so many. There's pipe fitters. There's union plumbers, union electricians, union carpenters. There's union carpenters that only set concrete forms and union carpenters that do drywall. There's so many different trades. I, we could sit here and have a, a four-hour show, and I can okay. talk to you about the whole thing. Well, that's good to, to mention anyway, because that's what most of the young people or people that are looking for new careers are watching these for, is, yeah. is, is an awareness of how many opportunities are really out there. I mean, there's so many things that fit under the umbrella of trades in general, so the opportunities are plentiful. We have a couple local trade schools here that are really good for colleges for kids. 
Yeah. Yeah. We're trying to get that word out there, you know, and we'll, we'll, we'll talk about that in a little bit about how to, how they can get started. Yep. So in your experience at this point, what, what are some of the pros and cons? Um, let's say for, let's say first, well, I know there's obviously going to be pros and cons with running yeah. your own business, right? So more, more importantly, uh, let's specify what are some of the pros and cons for, you know, someone who's been in the trade for a year or two, something along those lines. Pros and cons, uh, you know, you have to, the pros are it's rewarding. Um, it's, you know, you get this, I get to say as being a union member, like I was a proud member of local 592 Philadelphia concrete masons. Like I still, to this day, love the time I spent in the union. And when people find out that that's in your background, they look at you different. Um, it, it, you know, you do. Um, that's a pro. A con is you have to be ready to hustle, work hard, because if not, you sit home a lot. If you don't work hard and you're lazy, you don't work. Yeah. And, and that's just like kids today need to learn. Like if you're the guy on your phone all the time and you're looking at your I don't care if you sneak it. I came up in a time where nobody had phones. So it wasn't a, it wasn't a, when I was in the union, nobody had phones. If you had a phone, it was this big. Right. It was in your box. Right. Yeah. Or you left it, it like, in your uh, car. Yeah. There it was, was like no Gordon Gecko. If I wanted to read my email, I had to wait for AOL to boot up, you know? Right. Yeah. It's a con is you get laid off from time to time. You have to prepare for that. If you meet the right guys and or women now, there's a lot of women, but if you yeah. meet the right people, they'll kind of tell you how it has to be. Like I met a guy, probably my third or fourth job. So maybe six months into the union who kind of like took a liking to me and we had a really good relationship. He had kids my age, like he was getting ready to get out. And he was like, look, if you make a thousand bucks this week, and you will, if you work every day, you'll definitely bring home a thousand. He's like, you need to put 30% away and just put it in a fund. Get used to living on 700 bucks a week. Get used to living on, you didn't make a thousand, you made 700. The rest right. you put in the bank, don't look at it. When you get laid off, now listen, you can go get unemployment and you can do that and you can work the system and it's that's what it's there for. But it at the time you had to call in, it wasn't a computer and an app where you can get it in a week. You had to go stand in line at unemployment. It was horrible, yeah. it was a horrible experience. So he's like, save it. He's like, everybody you talk to, give them your phone number. And back then it was, I had a book. I had a book that was this big and I would write down everybody's phone number and I'd keep it in my lunchbox in a Ziploc bag. And the minute I got laid off, I'd be on the phone. Yo, you're looking for a guy, look for a guy, look for a guy. Right. You have to be hungry. Now it's different, but you still have to form those relationships. Yeah, sure. Hey, you. so you mentioned, um, you just mentioned money there and that's good advice for everyone anyway in general is mm -hmm. to kind of live within your means and always put some away for, for whatever may right. happen. Um, However, you found that this career over the years has been pretty lucrative to you. Even even starting out the first few years, you were doing pretty well. Yeah. 
I went from making at a golf course $20,000 a year to making, if I work good and work 2000 hours, what's, what's considered a good year, 60 grand as a 23 year old kid. Great money. Yeah. Oh yeah. Now I don't know what the package now is. I mean, you have to think about it. You have, most of these unions have hour requirements now that you have to work. But if you make those hour requirements, full benefits, yeah. 401k, retirement, other fringe benefits where dental. Tell yeah. me a young kid that has dental that's not on their parents' plan. Right. Absolutely. So it's, it's definitely, 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 definitely the way to go. And if And if you don't choose a union... There are other big companies out there that will hire you, but you need to know what you're doing. A union is a good way to get in, learn a trade. Um, you know, my wife and I have a joke now. I'm almost married 20 years. We have a joke now. And her dad was a union. Um, he was a communication workers of America. Okay. So when we got together, he was like, look, union guys are always, like, he was in her ear, like, Union guys are laid off a lot. Like, not a lot, but, like, certain trades get laid off a lot. But if you have a network, you're back to work the next day. It's just right. you, you you get what you give. Um, but there are a lot of, like, what we like to say is W-2s. In the early um, points of our life, we had a lot of W-2s. We're working and for multiple companies. Like, some years I have 25 W-2s because – Sometimes I would go work for a company. Two days later, you're laid off. Okay. The best part about getting laid off was they have to give you your check. Yeah. So you might get a che- you might get four checks in a week if you work for four different contractors. It's nice. Yeah, that is at, nice at your rate. I mean, I think finishers' rate now, just rate in your pocket is like thirty four an hour for a full fledged journeyman. As a, an, an apprentice, you might start out twenty-four, twenty-four dollars right, well, a day. Well, then Good touch money. a little bit for us. Yeah, it's great money. Touch on it a little bit for us. What the process is to become a journeyman? I would say contact the international union. If you don't know where a union hall is near you, depending on whatever trade that you are interested in. Um. Contact the contact the local union. They might point you to an international. Um, everyone has an international, whether it's carpenters, un, uh, concrete finishers. Um, the concrete finishers international is OPCMIA. It's operative plasters because they do plaster also. Um, cement masons international, something like that. Um, I haven't been to union in like fifteen years, so I don't remember all of it, but. Um, it's, uh, I'd contact them first. They'll put you, they might, there might be a placement test now. There might be a skills test. Um, and then, you know, you, you follow those steps, go with what they say to do. Um, you might have to go to apprentice, apprenticeship school. If you don't know anything, if you really have zero experience today and you're like, man, I want to be a concrete finisher. I want to make that kind of money. You might have to start at zero. Sure. 
and you have to take your licks. Sometimes guys are going to be mean to you. It's just you don't know what it is. It's going to happen. I was never that way. I never treated an apprentice that way. But there are guys that will call you apprentice to your face, will make you go get the lunch order to your face. Um, but it's it's part of growing. You know, it's part of just taking it a little bit. Um, they did it. And they feel like they're entitled to it. It's almost like being in a fraternity. And it, it essentially it is a fraternity. But, um, you know, and then you have to go and you go to three years of schooling. And sometimes I know cement masons, that schooling's on Saturdays. So okay. you work all week. And then on Saturdays, you go to school all day. And they teach you every from what makes up concrete to how to get it flat and everything in between. Um, and then you have to do real life experience. And then after three years of apprentice school, you can become a full journeyman. I don't know if there's a year working experience. They changed it so many times, but you know, and then you have to pay union dues and you have to go to union meetings and right. all that fun stuff. But like you said, that's sort of a brotherhood on some level. That's kind of a bonding yeah. thing where you have, you know, other guys in the union that you're close to, right? It's kind of a family. Yeah, it's it's, it's, it's a brotherhood. It's, it's, it's like a fraternity. I mean, it's, you get cool t-shirts, you get cool hard hat stickers. I mean, you know, it's, you get, when you, when they, when the steel guys top out on big projects, there's always a big party. Um, they always like, you know, everybody gets a special t-shirt. It's all, it's, it's, it's nice. It's, 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 a, it's a good thing. Cool. And you happen to mention that uh, women, you, you've seen more and more women getting into the field over the years. Oh, yeah. That's So they're becoming more prevalent over time? Absolutely. I see a lot of women truck drivers. I see a lot of women. Um, you know, I, even though my company now is non-union, I do work on jobs that are, um, they're, they're called rated jobs. There are union um sometimes open shop jobs where there are union members, we are not union members. Um, but there are women, a lot of women truck drivers, a lot of women uh, operating engineers, and a lot of operating engineers are also elevator operators. So you might go into a building and it's a woman there taking the elevator up, taking the, a lot of women laborers, a lot of women laborers. Cool. Cool. Um, well, listen, who would you uh, suggest is, is like best suited for this career? Anyone who wants to work hard. Concrete is a hard, hard, hard job. You're bending, you're stooping, you're on your knees a lot, almost as much as a carpet layer. You're, there's no, you can't finish concrete standing up. It's almost impossible. Um, you have to be able to work hard. You have to be willing to work hard. You have to be willing to take instruction. You have to be on time. You have to not be on your phone 24 um, seven. Right. It, it's kill, it's killing everybody. Everybody I talk to, they're like, oh man, that guy's great. He's never off his, you know, oh great. Yeah, he's great, but he's never all, he's always on his phone or girl or whoever, you know? Sure. It, it's, it's bad. It's bad. I mean, you can go with your kids. My kids like this all day. Sure. You sure, know? of course. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, they, 
we're talking about what's good for you in general. And obviously, you know, there's so many advantages as far as, like you said, you can, you can have your insurance or, but another advantage is just getting you off the phone. I mean, you know, even, even as adult, as old adult men like us, I mean, I end up on the thing too much doing stuff. I mean, my, you know, I work on it all the time now and I'm, I'm trying to disconnect myself from it as much as possible. So, Hey, a, if God, it's a thing. It's just like my, like being a business owner now being 20 something years in my own business, my phone never stops ringing and I have to, on purpose at 6 p.m. it goes into silent mode it's on the phone now and it might yeah. still ring and then when my son goes to bed nine o'clock at night i'll check my emails i'll check but i try not to be on it because he's 11 and that's all he sees is me on the phone i mean right. you know when i pick him up from school or today whatever time we have to go to a baseball game at three o'clock today um you know it's He'll be running in the door any minute, ready baseball game. It's hard not to be on the phone and try and see what my men got done today and what I'm planning for tomorrow. And, um, you know, it's hard, but it's, I'm running a business. So it, it's, but I still get the, the, the family, the, the wife on the back end who is like, yo, dude, you got an 11 year old trying to talk to you and you're in your phone worried about so and so and this, that and the third. And it's a lot. Their phone is constantly on. Yeah, yeah, for sure. You're, you're not you're not wrong about that. Yeah. Um. So, you know, you're mentioning your company. You obviously started your own your own business now, and that's been yes. lucrative for you. Um, if anyone was interested in getting a hold of you, or, or if you'd like to plug your company and uh, let them know how to get a, how to get a hold of you, that'd be great, man. So I'm, I own Provado Concrete Demolition and Masonry. Uh, we are a, we're not a union company. We're an open shop company. We don't have any union employees. Um, I typically hire out of trade schools. The two main trade schools I hire out of are Williamson Trade School and Thaddeus Stevens. Williamson is in Media, Pennsylvania and Thaddeus Stevens is in Maryland somewhere. Um, okay. But they're the two trade schools I hire out of. Um, I do hire straight, know-nothing laborers, um, and then you learn and we can bring you up that way. Um, but if you need to get a hold of me, the easiest way is to uh, contact me by phone. Um, our company phone number is 484-237-1862. Our shop is located in Yaden, Pennsylvania. Um, I have some guys that come up to an hour away to work. We currently have 11 employees. Uh, we work in the Philadelphia suburbs of the main line, Delaware County, Montgomery County, and Chester County. And we do concrete and masonry, a lot of stamped concrete, a lot of foundations, block work, brick work, um, masonry openings, uh, that type of stuff. If you're interested, feel free to reach out. Awesome, Jerry. Hey, man, thanks for your uh, your time and your expertise. We appreciate it. All right. Thanks so much, Crow. My pleasure. All right. We'll see you next time, folks.